This time on Holy Ghost Notes. The most dad episode of all time. What's up? Dude, that's exactly what's happening. I want to possess the land. Big day for you, Tim. And whatever. This is crazy. Hello and welcome to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. It is episode 102. My name is Mac Reiner and I'm here with my co-host Tim Anderson. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? You remember that from the I 90s? Just ta- I was What's just up? talking to my wife about this the other day. It's still funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's still very funny to me. I, I typically do it on tour when I'm talking to JB. When I walk into the green room and he's inevitably sitting there on his computer doing mm-hmm. work and I'm like, What's up? <laughs> and he turns around and always laughs. Makes my day. It's classic, man. <laughs> classic I, it all came from a commercial believe it or not it all I thought it came from, from Steve Carell uh, I think this was before Steve Carell well I think not before too. he was alive but no. <laughs> <laughs> before <What's> uh, up? <laughs> yeah it was like a commercial I think there was like uh, if I remember correctly there was like some dude on a couch and he's like, what's up? And then like picks up the phone <laughs> oh, or something yeah. and says, what's up? And like everyone started saying it after that. It just became it like, really a, funny. like a thing. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Yeah. It's so easy. It is. Well. It makes you feel what nice is up, inside. Tim? What is up? How are you doing? Yeah. I, I'm good, man. I've got, I've got no complaints. Um, good. I'm I'm feeling nomadic right now because of my <laughs> my home situation, <laughs> but we are uh, we are on the on the right path. The uh, my countertops or not my countertops, my cabinets got delivered today. Um, oh, cool! And they get installed uh, a week That's a from today. That's a big day for you, Tim. It's a big day. Um, they get installed a week from today, and that'll probably take a few days for everything to get put in place but um yeah we're like probably less than two weeks away from actually living at cool. my new house so that's amazing um, wow that's so cool you must be over the moon excited with all that new stuff i'm very from the appliances to carpet yeah. to the i mean everything you just yeah. walk in your house it's yours and it's it's All mine. Virtually it's, brand new. It is. It's a new. It's a new house, which is very exciting. Um, I'm still kind of like in the unpacking phase because I'm not there all the time, and there's not necessarily places to put everything. So there's still like tons of boxes everywhere. It's going to take some additional time to kind of settle in. I'm building um, building some closets out and stuff like that, so we actually have shelving and storage space because again it's a new house so all the old stuff kind of came out got redone and now i have to put new stuff up <laughs> so uh, those are the things are you, you don't yourself? think about yeah yeah are um you? okay we uh we got a quote for like a like a custom cabinet or cu- a custom closet okay and uh it was it was outrageous <laughs> so, really yeah and i just realized like i could do this for much cheaper um, yeah, myself. It's probably so. like fifteen grand or something to put in a closet. It wasn't that much, but it was it was up there. It was like I think like three grand or something like that. But oh, at the end of the day, child's play. My gosh, at the end I of the just, day, I could just do it for overinflated like, it. Yeah, I could do it for like <laughs> five six hundred bucks. So um, that's okay. what I'm doing. 
Especially Dude, after I mean, spending so much on the renovation, you know, any, anywhere I yep. can cut some costs is uh, it's a good thing. So, yeah. But well, uh, I what's feel been dumb new now. with you, man? You're uh, <laughs> 15, grand. 15 grand. I'm just thinking about building costs and I just assume everything's 15 grand. Everything is expensive. That's for sure. It's, um, I was just talking. So I was just working today with a buddy of mine doing landscaping and he is going to give an estimate to someone else for a patio. I'm mm. um, sorry, a walkway from the back of this guy's house to his fire pit. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's probably going to be about 15 grand. I'm yeah. Like, 15 grand. Patio's I, expensive. I would have guessed five, <clears throat> maybe. Yeah. But 15 grand. And this guy is hardworking, fast, and not expensive. Yeah. He doesn't overinflate his profit margins. So at that point, I'm like, all right, you want to buy, uh, you know, roll of toilet paper it's gonna cost you it's like everything, <laughs> everything. is so expensive eggs but still i, f- I feel everything. dumb 15 grand for a closet i stand corrected i mean i'm sure you could find a way to spend that much if you uh if you yeah. tried depending on how big the closet is and how nice you wanted it like the one we got quoted for were like built-ins like they were gonna do like trim and like free hanging everything you know so i'm sure. doing like a mixture of like free hanging and then like some shelving and some poles and like easy stuff you yeah. know I'm not yeah. doing any of the you'll trim get the job or anything. Done. yeah it'll be fine <laughs> you'll get the <laughs> job done as my grandpa used to say <clears throat> i think about this a lot when i'm doing home renovations especially when i'm painting you never look as closely at the wall you're painting <clears throat> compared to the time you're painting it mm. <laughs> in other words you care the most and you're the most attentive to all the little details when you're in it. It's true. Up close. Mm-hmm. After it's done, it's crazy how it just blends in. It's like yeah. it can be the coolest paint color, or the you know, the most amazing floor. It's like, oh yeah, for a week it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you get used don't to it. Even think about it. In fact, if you want to test yourself on this, go to someone's house. This just happened to me on Sunday. I went to a buddy's house. Amazing house. And his mother-in-law is giving us a tour, my wife and I, a tour. I took a picture of one of the rooms. I took a picture of two of the rooms, but I took a couple pictures of one of the rooms. Mm. And my wife and I were talking about the house afterwards, and she was saying, yeah, did you notice all the rooms are carpeted upstairs? And I said, I did not notice. And we're Mm. shopping actively for carpet right now. So it's on my mind, and I still didn't notice. I had to go back and look at the picture and be like, wait a second. Yeah, that's right. There's carpet. And it's pretty neutral colored carpet. Like, I, I feel like, you know, it. I would have noticed that, okay, they, they chose a natural, neutral colored carpet. That's yeah. a good decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> went right over my head. I had to go back yeah. and look at the picture and be like, that's how the room looked? Mm-hmm. I have no recollection of that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Like, there's a painted accent wall in that room. <laughs> yeah. When I was Blew growing up, mind. I don't know if you did this uh, as a fellow homeschooler, but we did standardized testing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember distinctly one specific uh, portion of the test. Or the, well, I guess there were two specific portions. One was listening and one was observation. Yeah. And the listening test was, like, literally they'd read a story for 
you know, five minutes or something like that. And then the test would be about like asking you questions about that story, like specific yeah. things. And it I remember you know, this. tested you on how well you actually listened yes. to the story and how many details you remembered. And, and the same thing with, uh, I don't think it was called observation, but it was along those lines where you have uh, a picture uh, that, you, that you're looking at and you're studying it. And then the picture goes away and you have to recollect certain things about that picture and it it always amazed me <laughs> how many things i did not remember like how mm -hmm. like how unobservant i was mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh i think I, I feel like i saw like a show recently where there was a test like that type of test where people went into a house and uh, didn't know that they were going to be tested on, you know, remembering certain aspects of the house. And then all yeah. of a sudden this test is thrust upon them and they have to remember like, did, uh, did the kitchen have a double sink and did, yeah. uh, you know, how many, how many bathtubs were in the house, like things like that. And it's crazy how many, how many of them failed to uh, remember certain, it out. yeah, certain characteristics, um, but I think that kind of is a really good metaphor for life in general. You know, um, like excitement. Uh, it doesn't have to be fleeting, but it often is. You know, with with everything, uh, your paint color is a is a good example. But mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like at some point, um, what was very exciting to you starts to become dull yeah and you know it's strange when when you think back to how excited you were about this thing at the time that it was new and exciting and how yeah. now it's you know nothing's really changed about it there's no yeah. reason to like it less or to not be as excited about it but it's just not new and exciting mm -hmm. anymore um <laughs> i think about like my kit you know my drum kit um, I literally have my dream drum kit and dreamt about having it for years. And now it's, you know, yeah, it's my, it's my kit, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's weird. I have it. You know, I, I own it. it now. I own it. It is what it is. You know, it's no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Tim, I'm going to interrupt this and, um, this is going to stay on the podcast, but I just want to <laughs> document the fact that my washer is currently flooding my basement. You see it happening. Oh yeah. It's so it was fully the washer. Pulling. So this is going to be a part of this <laughs> podcast and I want you to uh, I want you to continue talking. I'm gonna continue about talking. I have a lot to the say. Things happening at my expense yeah. currently. Mm -hmm. Um because we were talking about that in pre roll a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna go over and assess the situation. I'll be back. <laughs> okay. So I feel for Matt right now because, uh, so before we got on here, we, we tried to start recording this about an hour ago and, uh, he, uh, realized that there was, uh, some flooding in his basement and assumed that it was probably the washing machine. And I don't remember if I said this in a, in an episode prior, but, um, I recently had an issue with my washing machine at the house that I just sold. 
Uh, and this is probably really boring to all of you, but <laughs> I'm just going to speak into it for a minute um, because uh, I went through this, exactly what he's going through, trying to figure out why the washing machine was leaking. And I'm going to ask him a question when he comes back, but I basically screwed up and I put a very heavy blanket in my washing machine. And apparently you're not supposed to do that. Uh, I did. I broke my washing machine drum uh, initially. Um, and I guess that started causing a leak. Uh, I only realized that there was an issue because I smelled uh, burning. <laughs> like burning uh, rubber, like electrical fire fire level uh, burning. And so I shut it off and got a technician out who confirmed to me that there was nothing we could do to fix the washing machine. Um, this was like, uh, this was after, or no, this was during the process of showing my house. So... Um, <laughs> in the midst of everything else going on, I was showing my house uh, to be sold and my washing machine broke, um, couldn't do any laundry, um, had to bring all of my laundry to uh, my poor in-law's house to do laundry there. And um, yeah, trying to, you know, ended up selling a house. Um, before the final walkthrough, I took the old washer from my new house <laughs> brought it over to my old house, set it up there to replace the broken washer. And yeah, it's just fun times, but um, I don't envy anybody who has to go through that, um, especially like flooding and, and leaking and things like that. Um, my parents' basement flooded a number of times when I lived there. So the, the whole flooding situation is not fun. Um, and, uh, I feel for you guys if, if anyone's experienced that, uh, thankfully I've never actually had to experience like a real legit flood, um, where there's like, like water coming in through the front door on the first level. Um, although I'm sure, uh, maybe a few of you listening have experienced that, but, um, I, I always, I, yeah. It's a, that's tough. And I, and I don't envy anyone who's had to go through that. So Matt's going through that right now. He's assessing the, the situation. Um, my question to him is going to be, did he load the washer with a large blanket? And, um, if he did, that might be why, uh, he's experiencing a leak. The drum might be, uh, hopefully not broken, but it might be, uh, off the track or disconnected, um, which might be leading to some leakage. Um, the other thing is, <laughs> none of you want to know this, but the other thing is the, uh -huh. the drainage tube might be crimped and that could lead to that as well. I was just talking to everybody uh, literally for the last, what, three minutes that you were gone about washing machine leaking because <laughs> I, this is close to oh, home for me recent dude. actually. I so let me give you a play by play <laughs> and then I want to hear what you have to say about washing machines. I have a question because for you, I didn't actually, hear yeah. I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking and you're making this point about you're taking this point that I made about, you know, we we see something but we don't really take it in and I'm following you and then all of a sudden out of the <laughs> 
my peripheral, I, I literally see a stream of yeah. water mm-hmm. coming out of the bottom of my washer. Now, I, I noticed that there was a little bit of water ponding under my washer right before we started. We were delayed to start this podcast. I had a heads up. The thorn in my side right now is that we're getting carpet installed next week in my house, in this room in my house. And to add insult to injury, this has never happened. My washer leaking a pond of water. So much so we're like at a loss for finding towels currently. Mm. Jeez. (laughs) Question for you. Yeah. Did you use a large, did you try to wash a large blanket? Yes. Not this time, but the previous time. Yes. I would check your drum like your washing machine drum <laughs> i realized that in light of this podcast <laughs> that could have been mis uh okay mis, uh, i think we're on to something can i elaborate a little more yes yes this is going to be ahead. those the most dad episode of all time oh yeah i'm about to go into this <laughs> so if you if you've ever well anyway i am a researcher so when i go to buy carpet I literally set up an Excel spreadsheet and I figure out what the expenses are from each big box store, from the local carpet store, from the kind of kitschy chain, Mm -hmm. figure out the square footage. I I put everything. I thoroughly enjoy it. And part of it is to find the best value, but part of it is just to organize everything. I really like the process, which is great for my wife because she doesn't enjoy that and she thinks it's she thinks it's fun just to go out and look around. And so we make a good combination. Well, anyway, we researched carpet, settled on one, settled on carpet and paid for it. And um, so I was moving the washer and the dryer around yesterday mm-hmm. to tape off and measure this room in the house for carpet. And I'm sure I was like pushing it pretty hard and maybe some stuff got kicked around a bit. Yeah. And then we put a big blanket in that had a bunch of grass in it. So I thought maybe the grass got clogged mm. in the discharge line, which I checked before we started it. Didn't seem clogged. There was some water in there, but it's almost like a pea trap, mm-hmm. you know, amount of water. We started it and it's ponding way worse than before. So with all that in mind. Yeah. Well, there's two possible things. So, <clears throat> um, the reason for my washing machine, I think I told you that my washing machine broke literally the week that we were like showing the house, my yes. old house. And um, the reason mine broke was because I tried to wash a large blanket, which apparently you're not supposed to do unless you have like a washing machine meant for blankets. Um, and so I broke the drum. So the drum was actually um, like off the track i guess so yeah. anytime it spun like you kind of heard it like banging against the side and stuff it was really bad um but in addition to that i had the so the the drainage hose was crimped um yeah which i guess happens a lot if it's up against a wall and there's not yep. a lot of space uh, for the tubing um so it wasn't really draining properly but in addition when the drum broke i guess something got you know unlatched and so it was actually leaking water instead of draining Dude, and that's just, exactly what's happening yeah so the drum won't actually drain the water properly like so you'll actually see like leftover water once the cycle's done 
um, which is the biggest issue for me. Uh, but you're Absolutely. not. Are you smelling like electrical burning? Like any? No. Do you smell a burning smell or anything? Okay, well that's good. I was smelling like an electrical kind of no, rubber burning kind of smell. But um, that's exactly so that what my, happened because yeah. I went over there and there's water coming. <laughs> it's hilarious. We're talking about this. I'm literally <laughs> yeah. airing my dirty laundry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the cover of this episode is a washing machine falling <laughs> off of a cliff. I'll I mean, see what I can do. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so I go over in the three minutes that you were talking about washing machines and I'm I so sorry, look guys. at the drain hose. And the I'm most like, boring nope. intro to, a, to an episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not getting cut. It's got to stay. It's, it's got to be authentic. Um, I, I looked and I'm like, nope, there's no, there's nothing coming out of the drain hose. Okay. It's, it's actually coming out of the body of the washing machine. So mm-hmm. anyway, my apologies. I'm actually just letting it go right now. It's just okay. going. It's, it's just, just flooding my basement just, currently. There are two beach towels down, and it's just, it's just should suffice soaking the floor right now. Yeah. And that's fine. There's nothing I can do about it. I could pause the machine, but I want it to finish so that I have clothing tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm just going to let it finish. Just like, uh, you know, just like you have to do. Mm-hmm. With anything in life, you just gotta go with it. Yeah, that's what There's we're gonna like do. A, isn't there a, a Limp Biscuit song about that? <laughs> just go with it. I think. I think that's it. Yeah, Fred Durst. <laughs> Fred Durst. All right. Good job, Tim. Yeah. Let's get into the drum topic. Sounds good. Uh, let's do faith first. Okay, faith topic first. Well, we can go into the drum topic. That's fine. Let's do. Let's do drums. You sure? Nice, nice and casual. We were talking about drums anyway. Okay. Laundry drums, but it's we were. close enough. Yeah. All right. All right. Drum topic. Drum topic. So, uh, drum topic is more so a question that I yeah. have for you, Tim. <laughs> yeah. What What are your... So, I'll set this up. Yeah, yeah. So, Tim, you just bought a house. Yes. And you are fixing up the house in such a way where it's basically a custom home on the inside. Mm-hmm. So, as I was thinking about this... A thought in my mind was, what would I want for my drums if I was building a, if I was limited to the footprint of a home, but I could build whatever I wanted on the inside mm-hmm. um, within reason, of course. Yeah. So would I want it to be downstairs? Would I want it to be upstairs? Would I want it to be in a shed outside, maybe in the garage, maybe... Um, Maybe you go to, to an electronic kit. Maybe you go to a practice pad. Maybe you have a storage locker. Maybe you go to a rehearsal space. Like there's all these possibilities of things you could do if you really yeah. think about it. Mm-hmm. And at this point in our lives, they're all somewhat feasible as long as you can work with your family and you know your yep. finances. So mm-hmm. what is it that you decided or, or what is it that you're hoping to do for your drumming yeah. studio slash practice space. Yeah, this is this is an exciting uh, topic because I, I haven't actually talked about this with too many people. Um, okay. But it, it has been a question that has been asked a lot. It's like, because I think I'm, I made a pretty big deal about tearing down the studio that I had at my old house. And so everyone's like, are you building a new one? You know, where's the new studio going? Where are the drums going? Uh, so it's been a common question um but not something that i've really divulged much information about 
So um, it, uh, I, I was thinking originally about having um, my contractor who kind of redid the rest of my house do the drum room as well, do the studio. Um, it just ended up being enough money where I decided I'm just going to try to do it myself again. Cause I built the yeah. last one for, um, just a, like, it was probably about $1,100 or something that I did. Wow. It. Um, and I actually had to take out a wall and build it out and, and do a bunch of stuff around that. So in this case, there's actually a room that's already built. I'll have to open it up in order to insulate and, and do everything the right way. But, okay, um, pause. Yeah. So the house you just sold, mm -hmm. the room that your drums were in. Yeah. What do you, when you were showing the house or when you were talking or when you were listing the house, what do you think that room will be used for? A closet. I, uh, I took all of the soundproofing down and just painted it like a flat white and, uh, you know, put a shelf in there and put some boxes in there. So it was very much a large closet, um, which is attractive to most people. Like extra storage space is always a, a good thing. In the basement. Um, in the basement. Mm -hmm. Suffice it to say that person will probably never know it was a drum studio. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Wow. Although they probably will question why there's like double sheetrock and <laughs> why when you walk in there, you can't hear anything on the outside. <laughs> it's very much uh, <laughs> soundproofed, soundproofed in proofed. there. Um, you know what? I bet if they ask the right question to the right person, someone will be like, oh, this is yeah. probably a studio mm -hmm. or an ISO booth or whatever. Yeah, likely, likely. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about it. Um, I mean, it would be actually a perfect vocal studio um, mm -hmm. if someone was ever going to do that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's uh, it, the person who bought the house is a little older. Um, okay. And as far as I know, isn't like a musician or anything. So I doubt gotcha. <laughs> it'll be used in that way, at least not for a while. But for <laughs> for the new place, um, I'll probably replicate a lot of what I did um, at the townhouse. the The primary difference now is that there's a window in this room okay. to the exterior. So yeah. um, window treatment is expensive, um, especially mm. for this type of thing. And my, my hope is to eventually get it to the point where I can uh, play drums later at night without really disturbing anybody. Um, we're not right up against the neighbors or anything. Like we've got a decent amount of space between the houses, but um, I still will have to do something with the windows. So that's kind of what up do in the you do right for now. windows to treat them? Well, so there's there's a few different things. Um, there they have uh, sheets, um, like plastic sheets that you can put on the windows, and you mm -hmm. can seal, uh, make it basically airtight, so that there's no nothing bleeding in between the windows. And then there's yeah. these thick plastic things that it doesn't soundproof it, but it dampens the sound, I guess. Yeah. Uh, another thing that a lot of people do is they hang very heavy curtains. Um, right. But I actually found um, something and it's, it's relatively expensive, but it almost looks like a, uh, like a bubble. It's like a plastic, like a very thick plastic bubble. And you yeah. can put it, um, you can mount it over the window and it actually the, it takes out a lot of the sound, like it dampens. Is there the sound just one window bit. in there? It's a double window, 
so it's in one spot, but it's technically two windows okay. put together. Is it um, just like a third bedroom or fourth bedroom or what is it? It was an office space. Oh, uh, it's okay. not legally a bedroom in New Jersey because it doesn't have a closet, um, but it could be used for that technically. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I think it's probably 10 by 11 or, or 11 by 11, something like that. So it's bigger than okay. the nine by nine room that I had. Um, wow. But not not a ton bigger. I mean, drums take up a lot of space, but what I am yeah. excited to do, you know, I'm going to, I will be putting better insulation in. I'll be double sheet rocking again. Um, yeah. and then I have most of the, uh, acoustic foam from the old room that I'll reapply to the walls That's in, in cool. this room. Um, so it'll probably look very similar. I'll have a little bit more space. So what, what I'm looking forward to doing is like, hanging the guitars on the wall. Like I've had these guitar mm -hmm. hangers since I lived with my parents that I used to hang my guitars on the wall. And so I'm excited to make it, it's still going to be very much a drum studio, but there's going to be more musical elements. It's going to be basically my writing space and my drum studio. Right. Finally, <laughs> um, hoping to get like the, you know, the half stack in there. Um, I actually have this, uh, this flight case. Uh, so for, uh, if any of you have seen my drum videos, you can probably kind of see that all of my uh, my preamps and interfaces are just kind of stacked on a desk shelf as opposed to mounted into anything. Um, and so what I'm excited about is I have a flight case that I used um, with my half stack. So my, my amp head sits in this flight case mm. and there's a four space uh, rack that I had like my tuner and uh, like a, a power strip sitting in that rack. So I can now actually mount my interfaces and preamps into that four space rack um, and have like my amp head connected to everything and all of that running into Pro Tools and I can use that, the top of that uh, flight case as kind of like a, an additional desk for anything oh, that's cool. else that's going to sit there. So I can actually that's fit cool. that in the room now so it'll look cooler and it'll be a little bit more functional. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, everything else is going to stay the same. Um, I had considered um, switching over to this uh, Roland kit, like selling my DW and switching over to this Roland electronic kit. That's basically a, it's the same size as an acoustic kit. It actually is really an acoustic kit just with different yeah. heads on it. Um, and I was thinking about selling all my gear because I've got a lot of mics and between the, the drum set and the microphones and everything, I could probably afford a brand new Roland kit. Um, which are and, like what, five or six grand? Uh, new yeah probably like five five six um wow so i was considering it uh but i don't know if i can give up the acoustic kit especially because at some point down the road i'm going to want to play live gigs again and um, yeah. as easy as it would be to just ca have an electric kit and settle yep. for like samples um i don't necessarily want to take that route especially just because i really do nerd out on mic placement and getting like natural drum tones like i I love it so much and I would basically lose that entirely and it would just be a kit for for writing and no actual production aside yeah. from, you know, I, I would basically just as a drummer it would hurt my soul a little bit. So don't get rid of your acoustic kit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah, I even can if do you it. have to get a storage 
you know, a rehearsal space or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to find a place to practice. Yeah. It's tough to get it right. Yeah. I mean, I have, I teach quite a few students who don't have a drum set because they just can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you live in an apartment or, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to have, uh, my apartment when, I got married was right down the road from my parents' house and they let me keep my kit set up. So I really have always had a place to play. And then when it wasn't at my parents, I had the church that I could go play on the kit. And, you know, so there's always been something (laughs) for me. And then the drum room, you know, at my, at my townhouse. So it's like, I've been very fortunate to always have somewhere to play. And even now, like, uh, with the new house, like a, a room that I am able to dedicate to, you know, music production. So, um, yeah, so there's some unknowns, you know, we'll see how everything goes and, and what, you know, how much space I have once everything is set up. I'd love to get like a, like a small couch or something. Cause usually, uh, when I'm writing music, I'm sitting and, you know, sitting on a couch with a, with an acoustic guitar mm-hmm. or something. So I'd like to have that ability um, just for late night writing. Cause my new house doesn't have a basement, so I can no mm. longer escape to the basement while the kids are asleep to write. So I really am going to be utilizing that room, not just for drumming, but for all writing, music, writing, production. Well, I have a thought. So, I think that you should put the work into the music room in your house sooner than later. Mm. Reason being when I go home from a tour, I'm motivated to do a lot of stuff when I get home because it's all new. Yeah. I think you should put effort into getting your music room set up the way you want it to, what you want it to be, and also just sort of putting it together and getting it ready and actually starting to use it right away so that Mm -hmm. you build that rhythm. Yeah. You build that habit. Because yeah. if you wait, man, mm-hmm. you're just going to, I feel like you're just going to coast. Yeah. And the room's just going to sit there for like five years before yeah. it's something. I mean, I'm just, I'm projecting my own personality on you. Maybe you're yeah. not like that, but no, that's for, that's me, for sure what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny that you say that. That's what my, my wife has been encouraging as well. Um, you know, she's like, we, we, you know, focus on getting that done. Like once we're in there, let's just, you know, cause my dad will come and he'll help me out. And so I think that's, I think that's the plan. It might not be perfect, but hopefully it'll be hmm. usable space, you know, that makes sense. And, um, so that's 100% the goal. And I know for myself, um, I mean, we're going on months now. I mean, it's been like two or three months since I've really sat down and, you know, written music or been creative in in any way. So uh, I'm going to need that space just to kind of maintain what little sanity I (laughs) have left. You have left. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I built my studio for probably, I don't know, including all of the paint and shiplap Lights. I'd say I probably built it all for 
That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually so, going to save I've, expenses because I already own a lot of the acoustic uh, materials. Right. So That's true. Um, really, the main cost is just going to be, you know, resheet rocking in that. I use what's called, uh, it's rock soul safe and sound. Um, I, did we ever do an episode about how I built the studio? Cause that would probably be a pretty good, uh, no, uh, I know I've been asked a lot about how I did it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, there's, uh, I learned, I learned a number of things and there's some things I'd even do differently this time around. Like I want to, in addition to, uh, so when I double rock the walls, I was, uh, flipping the seams so oh, I do yeah. I do vertical aligned uh, sheetrock and then horizontal aligned sheetrock over top. What I didn't do is uh, glue it, mm. which apparently there's acoustic glue that you can put in between the sheetrock before you um, screw it in. Um, that will further uh, soundproof, but you know stop any unwanted vibration and stuff like that so yeah. well i know at at atrium studio where grant and carson work there was a day we were working in another studio while while theirs was being built and grant was on the phone with someone talking about the construction mm -hmm. and what he's what i overheard him saying was no those screws can't go into the next layer of the wall if if they thread themselves into the next layer then they're they're connecting the two layers which mm. will cause more vibrations yep it was so there's so much tedious to i mean what they you're did not even really supposed to have like like four walls and a ceiling that are just straight right you know you're really supposed to have like i mean like octagonal walls and like different uh, levels and layers. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like a diffuser, which is basically just yeah. a bunch of layers of, you know, wood or, or foam. And the acoustic foam kind of does that to an extent with the ridges that I, you know, the, the stuff that I have, but, um, I mean, they even go further beyond that where there's just like all these different, uh, layers of, <laughs> uh, like, like squares basically that stick yeah. out in different places to uh, oh yeah to diffuse the the sound. They're usually in the control room, right behind the board. Yeah, yeah, I can picture that. Mm -hmm. It's a cool aesthetic too. It, it looks nice. Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, it's and also like ten you know, grand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> floating. There's walls, my fifteen thousand dollar estimate again. Floating floors, <laughs> like everything's supposed to be like floating off of each other, and you know. I know. Uh, you could you could go crazy with it. I'm not going that crazy. Yeah. I just need it to be functional. Um, but the room actually sounded really good. Like the drum tones yeah. that I got out of it were very, uh, so they were surprisingly good, um, mm -hmm. which which worked out. So I don't know if I'll be have as you, lucky this time. Have you around, ever heard of uh, that studio, Galagaskins? I think it's no. in um, Jersey somewhere. Is it? Yeah, I'll, Galagaskins. I'll have you heard of it? I have not heard of that one. No. Hmm. Okay. It's a weird word. No, it sounds like a bunch of gibberish to me. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of gobbledygook. A bunch of fart fig newtons. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, it's getting late for you. It's getting late. All right. Let's roll into the faith topic on that note. <laughs> yeah. So we'll wait for the studio picture from you. Yeah. And uh, in the meantime. Uh, you guys will hear it every step of the luck. way. 
I might actually, I didn't do this, uh, with my first studio, but I might actually document the progress of this one in some go. way. And maybe I'll throw it up on the Holy ghost notes channel just so you guys can all follow cool. along. Cause, uh, it is an exciting process. You know, there's, there's yeah. a lot of, it's a lot of fun and, um, it's not something that uh, a lot of people get to experience, but I'm sure that a lot of people would like to at least be educated <clears throat> on what goes into it. So, yeah. So maybe I'll do that. Cool. All right. So faith topic. Our faith topic today is the Beatitudes. Yes. Our faith topic today are the Beatitudes. Um, however you want to say it. I will give you a little backstory to this. I was at church on Sunday. And my pastor, Bryce, was talking about the Beatitudes. I've heard the Beatitudes quite a few times in my life. Um, most recently, we went over the Beatitudes in kids' ministry. So Annie, my wife, leads a kids' ministry, and um, each week she would go over a different Beatitude. So I was actually somewhat fresh on them, and um, maybe you are not familiar with, uh, with what the Beatitudes are. Um, if you are, then I just ask you to bear with me and try to put on New Year's as I talk about this, mm -hmm. as if you've never heard it before. Challenge yourself with this. And if you've never heard of the Beatitudes, I ask that you would just... Um, be patient and think through this. Because for me, having heard the Beatitudes before, I was surprised. Why was I surprised? I always thought that when the Beatitudes say something like, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, that it meant I need to work on being poor in spirit that I need to be better at being poor in spirit. Or when it says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. That it meant, oh, man, I need to get off my high horse and really face the challenges of life and stop running from them and really just be open and transparent. Or when the Beatitudes uh, in Matthew 5 say, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I would say, okay, I'm, I'm not all that meek. I need to be more meek. What I heard on Sunday was a whole different thing altogether. Hmm. So I'm going to read the Beatitudes, and then afterwards I'll explain what um, I learned, and then I'll read the Beatitudes again at the end. So here we go. Yeah. Matthew 5, 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. What I learned on Sunday um, hit me in a way where I pulled my phone out and I'm like, I'm taking notes. I need to remember this. And actually, after the sermon was over, I sent it to my family's group B so everyone could see it. No one responded, <laughs> which isn't, I guess, all that uncommon. But um, I was expecting maybe someone to be like, wow, or like, oh, that's cool. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. There was um, there was one person who responded and said, awesome. And then later followed up with me and was like, where can I see that sermon? Okay, here are my notes. In the Beatitudes, Jesus is preaching to himself about himself. Jesus is preaching to himself about himself Hmm. and what our lives are after he met the cross. He's preaching to himself when he is speaking the Beatitudes. Yeah. He's preaching about himself when he's preaching the Beatitudes, and he's preaching to us about what our lives are like because of the cross. Now, I'm going to elaborate that on a second, but what I'll say right off the bat is it's not about working to be more meek. It's about the fact that Jesus was perfect and went to the cross, lived the life we couldn't have lived, died the death that we deserved to die, and gave us everything we need. And in Lancaster County, where I live, especially, but also human nature says, work. You got to work for it. Mm. You want this reward? You got to work for it to get that. And that's what I've always saw seeing this chapter. Blessed are the meek. Oh, man, I got to be more meek. What do I get if I'm meek? What do I get if I'm meek? Uh, uh, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Okay, I got to be more meek. Blessed are the pure in heart. Yeah, I got to be more pure in heart, for they shall see God. Yeah, I want to see God. Okay, blessed are the pure in heart. And it's this call and response thing. And I didn't ever really think about the fact that I do that, but I've I've always looked at it that way. When Mm -hmm. I read the Beatitudes, I think, I need to do better. I need to be better. What the essence of this message was, stop it. Stop doing that. Jesus was actually, in a way, hyping himself up before he went to the cross by saying this, Mm -hmm. by preaching this message. And he was also giving us an idea of what our lives will be like because he's about to go to the cross. Hmm. Because what he did gives us the last part of each of these beatitudes. Yeah. We, we can never be perfect. We can never fit all of these descriptions just perfectly the way that they were spelled out. How do you know that you're living up to it? You're constantly living in anxiety and despair if you think your works will get you there. Constantly, because you don't really know. It's like Pascal's wager. You might as well try. You might as well bet it all and hope that it works out. <clears throat> and in a sense, I was doing that. Hmm. So... Continuing on in my notes, I've been reading the Beatitudes the wrong way. This is me talking. We don't work to be pure in heart to see God. We are pure in heart 
because Jesus lived the life we should have lived, died the death we deserved, and gave us the life we don't deserve to have in dying on the cross. Because it's not about our works, we are moved to actual change. And we are motivated to testify what he's done and where our hope comes from. That's the key. So what's the point in me even bringing this up? Why is this important? Well, if it's really not about the works, if it's really not about you living up to your own standard, then what happens is you look at who gave you the gift and you say, oh my gosh, seriously? I don't deserve that. I wasn't meek. I wasn't pure in heart. I wasn't merciful. And yet I'm still getting the promise on the other side. Hmm. And it actually does a lot more in motivating you to be pure in heart, to be meek, Mm -hmm. to be merciful. Because you're living a life, as we talk about so often on this podcast, of a life of response to the gift you were given. We're moved to actual change. Right. And also we're motivated to talk about it, just like I'm doing here on this podcast today, because it just kind of blows you away a little bit. It's Mm. like, I'm 37 years old. I've never thought about it like this. Where does our hope come from? Does not, it certainly doesn't come in my ability to be any one of these things. So, um, my last part of this note is, uh, our pastor Bryce actually turned his microphone off um, about halfway through his sermon. And he encouraged those of us in the congregation that wanted to get close to hear him to come up and, you know, get out of our seats and crowd around him. He then talked with the mic off. Annie and I were probably 20 feet away and I really couldn't hear him. He lowered his voice a little bit to make a point, but everyone that was crowding around him could hear what he had to say. Now, if you're sitting in your car listening to this or you're sitting at home, whatever you're doing, think about what you do when someone speaks quietly and you want to hear what they have to say. You lean in. And the point Bryce was making was, do we have that same kind of need and anticipation for what Jesus has to say? Because in that day, when Jesus talked or when any leader talked, they would sit. They didn't stand. It's not like today when, uh, when someone stands, okay, they're going to speak. No, they actually sat. And when they sat, you go, okay, here we go. And because there wasn't a form of amplification, what did they do? Lean in. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened at church. It was this really powerful visual. So my takeaway is when I read the Beatitudes, it's just another reminder that I need to stop reading the Bible in a way where it is you need to do better. Mm -hmm. You need to be like this because in my life, it doesn't work. That does not motivate you to change. Now, there is something to the law. There is something to discipline. There is something to working hard. I've made some positive changes in my life that way. But really finding heart 
change, real heart change, um, surrendering your life and um, following the Bible. It, it's, it's, it's just a whole new way of thinking about it. Right. So anyway, um, I guess the way that I would, I would conclude this sermon is with the last thing I talked about, which is, are you leaning in? Can you imagine someone telling you something you really wanted to hear? And what if it was that important to you? You had to hear it, every single word. It's, it's interesting that I would rather watch the Stanley Cup playoffs on a Thursday night than read my Bible or mm. think about God or try to listen to God and, you know, try, try to hear what he has to say for me. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of upsetting because it's, it's, it shouldn't be like that, but that, that's just the reality of the way in which we live, the way in which I live. Mm. But as I think about this more and more, it motivates me to be like, man, I need to lean in and listen and try to take this seriously what I'm being told, which in the Beatitudes is you do not have what it takes to do any of these things on your own. So look at Jesus, the one who did, who could. Yeah. And uh, that'll actually motivate you to change. Mm -hmm. That's really good. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> when you sent me the idea of the Beatitudes, I started thinking about it and yeah, obviously approaching it the way that I've always read it. And right. um, it's it, like <laughs> what's <laughs> standing out to me with what you just presented is like, we have said on this podcast so many times, it's not about works. It's not about you and what you have done. Very, you know, it, it really doesn't matter at all. Like no. <laughs> what Jesus did, <laughs> what he, who he is, that's what matters. Um, and yet the way I was going to approach this entire topic <laughs> was from a works standpoint, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, like, it's so drilled into us to approach life this way. And, and like, why, why? I kind of want it, you to, just to, just to give just a little to give backlash. <laughs> well, so now I disagree with everything I was going to say <laughs> because I, cause this makes so much more sense. I mean, it's like, so, so I, the way I was going to approach it, just, just yeah. to put it yeah, out there, and I'm not saying that this is the way that you should approach it, but, um, I've always approached the Beatitudes similar to how I have approached like um, the rest the rest of the Bible, which is basically if if there is a solution given in scripture, read it backwards, right? So mm. when I'm looking at the Beatitudes, I'm seeing like the solution is for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For they shall process, uh, for they shall possess the land, for they shall be comforted. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, if I want to possess the land, yeah. <laughs> then I gotta, I gotta be. Meek. I love that. That's, I love that's where you start. It's like, absolutely, I do. I, if I, you know, Possess if I want to be, can you imagine walking around? <laughs> I better be that. warning. You know? Tim, what have, uh, what have you been up to these days? Well, I'm trying to possess the land. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, but, but that's, you know, that's how I was gonna approach it. It was like, you know, if this is, if this is the result you want. I mean, this is, yeah. and this is me just probably still slightly in work mode <laughs> where it's like, you know, if I'm solution based, you know, I'll work my way yeah. backwards and figure out, you know, how do I get there? Um, what do I have to do to achieve this? Um, so it's, 
I've always approached it that way, like kind of read it backwards, right? I want to see God, so I need to be clean of heart. Um, but there's therein lies the issue that you have mm-hmm. uh, so eloquently uh, portrayed to us here. It's 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 not about doing. It's not about being. It's about accepting the fact mm-hmm. that it is already mm-hmm. this way, and all we have to do is accept. Like it's it's. So it means so much more to me. Dude, to, this is crazy. Like, I just thought of something. Okay. Sorry to cut you off, but no, you remember okay. earlier when you were talking about how it's hard for you to accept gifts? Yeah. Wow, <laughs> this personality is really, flaw. that's true. This is full circle. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm the same way. But just as you uh-huh. just said that, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's why this is so hard for us. That's why. And I, and I think a lot of people struggle with it. So the, the people who are more willing to just accept it and feel like they don't have to work for it are going to be able to accept Jesus much more easily, I think. Um, yeah. But the that whole phrase that we've grown up hearing, as Christians at least, if, if you grew up in church, you know, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that whole concept means so much more than just, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, it's as simple as praying a prayer, but it's not as... Yeah it's not as simple as just praying a prayer. It's, it's a, it's right. a state of mind. It's a, it's right. it, acceptance of that gift is really what it is, hmm. you know? And just because you don't accept it doesn't mean it's not being given to you. That's true. It's not, it's not being offered up, but, but you accepting it is, is going to change your life is yeah. really. So like the reason why, it's so important to accept it is because it is going to change your life now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we've talked before about the idea of how heaven is something that we've always looked forward to, mm-hmm. something that we've always like lived for, but we're wasting our time here if we're not experiencing heaven now. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's laid out so plainly, (laughs) especially, Mm -hmm. especially when you break it down in that way, like instead of seeing the Bible as a list of do's and don'ts, you're, you're seeing it as a list of things that have been done for you. You know, when you see it that way, it's like, Oh, so I can experience life to the fullest. I can experience heaven now. I can see God, possess the mm-hmm. land, be comforted, obtain mercy, <laughs> be yeah. called a child of God, uh, own the kingdom of heaven. You know, like it's all these things that now your your mindset changes. It's like, it's not, I have to work towards this and maybe someday I'll, uh, you know, be uh, pure of heart because I've mm-hmm. lived long enough to understand what that means and understand how to obtain that. It's like, no, no, you just have to accept that all of these things are it's, yours. <laughs> it's almost like saying, it's almost like saying, um, blessed are they who breathe mm. for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Whereas in the past I've read it as, okay, if you can be this thing, then you 
then this verse applies to you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, keep working. Yeah. But if you rework, if you rework it in your brain, it's like it completely changes the context of it. Right. Right. <laughs> because it's 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 actively talking about you in the present. Mm-hmm. But it's not because of you. Right. It's, which it's, is the hardest be- thing to to which, handle, which the, right there. Yeah. That's that's the <laughs> that's the root of it. Yeah. It's like right. I didn't have anything to do with this, right? And it doesn't it doesn't it's it's not about me, <laughs> which no. is you know if it's not about me and I have had nothing to do with it, I didn't work for this, I didn't earn it. How is it that I can have it? How is it that yeah. I can be just given this thing that I so blatantly don't deserve? You know, and it's like yeah. well that's that's what you have to get past in your head. Yeah. And that's what I'm obviously still trying to get past <laughs> because this is how I read everything. You know, these are the lenses that I'm looking at life through. Um, I know. And, and so how do you remove those lenses? How do you see things? How do you see yourself the way that God sees you? Like imagine living a life like that, you know? I think about all of the issues that I literally create for myself because I just mm-hmm. see myself incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Maybe I see myself for what I feel I am, you know, but what I feel I am is not what it, it's, it's not an acceptance of the gift that God has given mm-hmm. me. And so maybe yeah. what being a Christian yeah, actually like is, is living as best as you can, accepting who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, it's following an example, but like you said, it's so much easier to follow that example and be motivated to follow that example when you realize that all of these things are already given to you. Like you're not working mm-hmm. to earn them, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you're, work, you're, you're doing these things because they've already been given to you. I, I have a bit of an analogy. So <clears throat> if you're, so when I was a kid, I'll just bring this home. When I was a kid, if I did something bad, I would get disciplined for it. And there were a lot of you know ways that happened. I got grounded or mm-hmm. time out or whatever. But the thing that hurt the most was when my dad would say, I'm disappointed in you. And I can't help but think about this because the law says... You have to pay for that. But love says, I still love you. It's unconditional. And with that love is a sense of honor and respect and gratitude and thankfulness Mm. that leaves you disappointed in yourself if you fail. Yeah. But it's not a slap across the wrist kind of thing, right? I mean, there are natural repercussions for sin. Absolutely. You do something sinful, you're going to face the consequences. That's just the way life is designed. The Bible is is full of um, absolute 100% God-breathed inerrant truth, in my opinion. Uh, but it's also full of wisdom that is that is a great outline in how to live a life that is smoother than right. not following mm-hmm. the commandments. 
But way beyond that is the idea that, you know, the law is one thing, but be, but, you know, much deeper than that is this idea of unconditional love and grace that leaves you feeling like you, you, you can give all of your heart and all of your soul to this and, um, and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to do a perfect job of it, but it's worth it. It's the most worthwhile thing you can do with your life. It's really the only thing that matters. Yeah. And actually everything matters because of this one thing. And if you mm-hmm. don't have this relationship with God, this relationship with Jesus, then then really how much does anything else matter? Because it all burns up in the sun when you die. There's nothing after this. Mm-hmm. So the Beatitudes is, is uh, I see the Beatitudes as just this beautiful section of the Bible now. Not that I didn't before, but it felt like a, a responsibility before. Yeah. And now it feels like a beautiful promise. Yeah. I love that. That's a really, that's an incredible way of looking at it. And I want to take that approach with everything in the Bible now, you know? Yeah. I almost want to read it all again. (laughs) I know. And just see it from a I can't take credit for this. I I feel exactly the same way you do right now. Like on Sunday morning, I'm like, wow. Yeah. I feel like I got to the M, to, to the end of an M night Shyamalan movie where there's this big plot twist. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Huh? How did yeah. I not see that the entire movie? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy to think that like, you know, so many of us, probably uh, almost all of us are seeking approval of some sort, you know, throughout our lives. Like we want approval um, and we, we want to earn that approval. And, and it, you know, talks in the Bible about like, you know, that day when we, uh, are face to face with God and like, is he going to say, well done? <laughs> you know, it's like mm. a summative of that approval, like mm-hmm. from the one who, who matters most, but just imagine like every time I've thought about this, I start thinking about all the things I've done that, you know, I'm going to have to explain mm-hmm. to him up there, yeah. you know, like Account every, for. yeah, every single thing. And, and imagine just not even having to worry about that. Hmm. Like going up there and before you have a chance to say, I'm sorry, before you have a chance to say, Oh, I did this and this, and you're timid and you're scared and you're, you know, sweating bullets because you're in front of this perfect individual. Yeah. And you are so imperfect, but imagine going up there and before you have a chance to say anything, he just says, well done. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> and it's because you've been washed clean. Yeah. How did you mm-hmm. not, how, what did you think? Like God, <coughs> I feel like God is going to say, what did you think I was going to say? Yeah. <laughs> like what, what did all this mean this whole time? Like, what did you think it meant when Jesus died? Was it Yeah. just, I, you know, he's not just saying it's going to cover our sins. It legit. Yeah covers our sins like like not just in some cases it's like no like i strongly believe we're gonna go up there and he's gonna just he's gonna say well done yeah welcome to paradise yeah you know like that for me changes like if that's the end goal approval (laughs) knowing okay i don't even have to worry about this i i have it i have his approval and it makes me want to be, it, it makes me want to earn that, even though exactly. I've already, I already have it, 
you know? Exactly. It makes it you want to live up to that. you to change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's so great, cool. man. Let's end it there. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm really stoked on that conversation. I hope you are as well as the listener. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at mattandtamattheholyghostnews.com. We have a Patreon if you'd like yes, to support we us. We could sure use your support. We, uh, we don't take money from this podcast. We use the support we get to keep it running. And mm-hmm. it's very worthwhile, and we'd love to keep doing it for as long as we can. If you've gotten something out of it and you'd like to join us in, uh, in that goal, that'd be awesome. We have yeah. several tiers on Patreon, patreon.com uh, slash the Holy Ghost Notes, I believe. Or it's uh, just Holy Ghost just Notes. Just Holy Ghost Notes, yep. Yeah, Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash Holy Ghost Notes. Yeah, yeah. And we have an Instagram, and um, we'd love to hear from you on there. If you're a drummer, we hope you enjoyed the drum conversation and stuck around for the rest of it to get to this point. Mm-hmm. If so, please please uh, hashtag Holy Ghost Notes. We'd love to see your playing, see your drumming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And besides that, uh, it's time to go to bed. Yeah, I have one quick shout out to a new Inner Circle member. Uh, so huge shout out to Logan Bowers. Thank you for What's your up, support. What's up, Logan? Looking Thank forward you very to getting much, to know Logan. That is awesome. And, uh, yeah. That yeah, I don't want to go to bed anymore. Let's talk about Logan for a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want to go to bed. That was, yeah, that was the, the turning point there for you. <laughs> yeah, so thank you guys for listening and uh, for continuing to listen. Uh, after all these episodes, every single episode is, uh, is mm-hmm. a milestone now. And, yeah, 102. Uh, so we're excited to be doing this and uh, to have you along for the ride. So until next time, you know, we'll be seeing you. Oh yeah. We'll be seeing you. Peace.